Rob, I'm one of the ministers here on staff, uh, and this is you Sunday. Uh, this is a time where uh, we kind of bring a little piece of what we do on Wednesday nights uh, during the school year up here, uh, just so you guys get to experience, and the little kids up here, just how much joy uh, they have uh, on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. <clears throat> so I just got back from Panama City, uh, uh, Florida. I know, boo-hoo, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, I lost full. I have no voice now. Florida sucks, as we say here at Catalyst. Yeah, that's Dave's favorite thing to say. And, uh, but it was a good time. Uh, we brought down 70 people between us and Jasmine Christian down to uh, Laguna Beach Christian Retreat. Um, it was a fantastic week. We had a great time of community. Uh, we had three baptisms. Jay was one of them. Uh, so it, it was an absolute success. Uh, but I can tell you, have you, have you, how many of you guys have been on like those charter buses, like 55-passenger charter buses? Uh, for those who have, um, I don't think they're designed for people over six feet. I don't think so at all. Uh, and for Zach Jordan, wherever you are, he's in the tech booth. Thanks for being my, uh, my bunk buddy, my, my seat buddy on the way. I'm sorry that you had to sit next to me. I was extremely uncomfortable the entire time. Um, and one other thing that's going on, uh, Elsie, who's standing right here, and Levi, that's, that's playing guitar over there, um, they are some of our seniors, and this is, they're going to be their last uh, Youth Sunday playing up here on stage. Uh, they're both graduated. That doesn't mean they're not going to be on stage anymore. Just during these Youth Sundays, uh, they're no longer going to be youth. Um, they're gra- they have graduated, um, so I'm extremely sad, and um, I have no voice, so it makes me sound even more sad. Um, We are starting a new series uh, called We Are Family, uh, where we're going to be talking about uh, what it means to be part of this church family here at Catalyst. Uh, We're going to take the whole month of July and go through that, different aspects of what we do here at Catalyst and how to be a part of it. Uh, Some of you guys have been members for a long time. Some of you guys have been members for uh, not too long. Some of you guys are just checking it out. And hopefully over the next five weeks, uh, including this Sunday, uh, you'll get to just understand just a tiny bit of what, who we are at Catalyst, and maybe this church will be your uh, home church uh, for a very, very long time. The Church of Jesus has been around for over 2,000 years. Uh, it started uh, after Jesus at the day of Pentecost, uh, where people came together to worship Jesus, and we have been doing that ever since. Uh, but the group of people that have decided to worship the one true God Uh, started back way before that, even at the beginning of time where people would come together, they had like-mindedness, and they would decide that they were going to worship this one true God. And we get these different understandings uh, from the Old Testament. We can look at story after story after story about how God took these people, these broken people, and and guided them through this land to to redeem them. And it's, it's funny how he's still doing that today, through this church. He's still doing that today through Catalyst Christian Church. Uh, and, and so I've, I've been looking at those three, uh, the, sorry, I've been looking at those stories over time. Uh, the week of camp, we studied a little bit about it. I've been studying, uh, as John and I were talking about this series, about what is it that makes a good and healthy church. And I have three things for you guys that I want to talk about today. Three things that, that I want to talk about and what makes a healthy church and what makes you guys a part of the church. The very first thing is we need to stay motivated as a church. Uh, having a group of people that is motivated to accomplish things, having a group of people that is, that is unmotivated slowly dies. 
So having a group of people that continue to do things, continue to do things, they will last forever. But as we see in Scripture and as we've seen in just recent, uh, just looking around at different churches, those who are not motivated, those who become stagnant will slowly die. We need to be a church that continues to move. We need to be a, a church that comes together every single Sunday, every, every, at any chance that we can to accomplish something. It is crazy what will happen when you get a bunch of motivated Christians together to accomplish something. Crazy, crazy things happen. To this day, we see that Jesus and God are the most talked about people of all time. It's crazy that with a, with a group of 12 people, the 12 disciples, they turn, that, turn Jesus and God into something that we've never seen before on this earth. If you look at all the literature about Jesus and God, I think it combined is more than everything else written about in the world. If you look at, at literature, paintings, uh, things people argue about, um, <laughs> just books in general, you would see that God and Jesus are the dominating conversations among all those things. But can you imagine if those 12 guys, those 12 disciples that, that continued after Jesus, after Jesus ascended, weren't motivated? What if those 12 guys that Jesus said, hey, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, what if they took that and just threw it out the window? I wouldn't say that we'd still be here today because a church that has no motivation will slowly die. Today we live in a society that, that is two-sided. There's only, there's only two sides. Either you are very, very motivated or you're very, very unmotivated. See, there's a college ministry um, that happens once a year. At the, at the beginning of every year in Atlanta, Georgia, and I, I, I love what they're doing there, where thousands and thousands of college students come together and they decide that they're going to accomplish one thing over three days. Now, up to 2013, they had a pretty good run at it. You know, they, they would come together, they would always take up an offering, like, like every event that you'll ever go to a Christian event. You can't have a Christian event without taking up an offering. If you haven't been to a Christian event, I'm just warning you. Um... And they, they would do, they had pretty good success. They accomplished some pretty cool things. But 2013 changed forever, changed everything forever. Uh, it, was, it was the beginning of a movement called the End It Movement. And some of you guys might have seen this before. Uh, once a year around that time, uh, they, that people post on social media with a red X on their hand. And that is to symbolize trying to end slavery, slavery in the world forever. In 2013, at Passion Conference was the beginning of it. They got up and they explained how much slavery has increased over the years. And they said, we want to take up an offering to try to end slavery forever. And at least get this movement started so that we can really make an impact and stop slavery forever. And a bunch of poor college students got together in, 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 uh, in Georgia. And they raised $3.1 million dollars to the End It Movement. And to this day, the End It Movement has gone in front of Congress. There's a bunch of celebrities that are on board. They go and they speak in front of the government to end world slavery, all because a bunch of Christians got together that were motivated and they raised all that money. Catalyst has been known and is still known as a community of people that are motivated. If you're new here today, I wanna, I wanna explain this to you. We We'll try anything to make sure Jesus' name is known in Nicholsville. 
We'll go to mission trips. We will do service projects. We will uh, take care of the foster care. We'll go in the jails. We will do absolutely anything to make sure that Jesus' name is spread to the end of Nicholsville. And the coolest thing about it is we have people going out. We have people motivated because of it. We have people wanting to start service projects. We have people that are desire, like Dave talked about in the mission trip. We just have people that say, hey, I want to go do a mission over here. And we say, please go. Yes, how can we help? Every single time. And it is extremely, extremely encouraging. A spiritual, sorry, a spiritual dead church is one that that only talks about its spiritual victories in the past. But a church that is spiritually driven and a spirit is alive in them talks about things that are happening now in the church and things that will happen in the future. And I can tell you today that Catalyst is a spiritually alive church because things are happening now. And as we know in 2020, things are going to happen in the future. The second thing that, that a healthy church um, and then we, our church, needs to happen is we need to love others. We absolutely need to love others. We, we at the church understand uh, what love is, um, but it's a lot different than love in the world. See, love is an emotion in the world. We talk about loving others, and it always stems around a relationship between two people. But in the church, love means something completely different because love in the church is an action. It's not an emotion. And I love this, this story that we get in uh, John 5, 1 through 9, where Jesus sees this guy at a well. And he, is, and he has been crippled, and he's been sitting there for so many years. And the interaction that we see between him and Jesus is something that we need to model in our everyday life. This is what it says in five, uh, John 5, 1 through 9. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for, for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is a Jerusalem, uh, <clears throat> Jerusalem near the, the Sheep Gate, a pool, sorry, <clears throat> which is an Aramaic that is called uh, Beth, Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered uh, <clears throat> colonials. Sorry. <clears throat> See, I lost full, I told you. I'll get through it, I promise. Uh, here's a great number of disabled people that use that, that would to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an individual for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned uh, what he had been and his condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the individual said, I have no one to help me get into the pool where the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else gets in there before me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At, at, the, at once, that man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. I love this picture that we get with Jesus because uh, it's, it's almost like a reaching out of the hand to the person beneath him. And it's not, it's not where he reaches out a hand and sits next to him and says, you know, how you doing? So you're not doing well? Okay, well, I'll just leave you here, and I hope, I, I hope everything goes well. That's not what we see here. We see Jesus reaching out his hand and elevating that person to a higher standard. That's the type of love that we need to have in the church. When we say we are church, we need to love 
others. We need to love one another. And it's not this humbling aspect of where we go to where they are. No, what we need to do is we need to reach down of the people who are hurt and we need to elevate them to Jesus. When it says go into all the world and make disciples, it's not we need to go in all the world and just sit there and be where they are. No, what we need to do is we need to elevate those people. And once we elevate them and once, once we, they are healed from all of their wounds, we need to point them to Jesus. We need to literally get behind them and push them towards Jesus because that is the greatest love that any one of us could show someone. See, love is not an emotion, everyone. Love is an action. Love is going to all the world and making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is the greatest love that we can see. 1 John 4.19 says this, We love because he first loved us. Christianity is, is different than every other religion. Because every other religion, uh, this, this love is, is us just pouring out to these gods and just hopefully one day they will come down and help us. But Christianity is so much different because the God who created everything first came down to us to, to heal us, to restore us so that we can have that relationship with other people. So we love because our God first came to love us. That is our true love. And that is a huge part in what it means to be a part of this church family. The last thing that we need to do in order to be a healthy church is this. We need to help others. We need to help each other remember. I don't, I, I don't want to sound arrogant up here, but I don't really care. Catalyst is the best church. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've, yeah, what's, yeah I, I believe, I, I truly believe it. Like, I, I love this church. I wouldn't want to work anywhere else. I've been here for four years, and I've had so much joy in these four years. I, I can't even imagine being anywhere else. I, I love this church. And if someone says, hey, where should I go to church? I tell them to go to Catalyst. It's the best church. We have a lot of fun. And it's incredible. Uh, but I, I realize that not every place is like that. Because at Catalyst, we have decided that we are going to remind you guys every single Sunday why the church is important and why Jesus is important. And that's why we stay motivated, and that's why we continue to love others, is because we know the importance of remembering the most important thing in our life, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, a couple, a couple uh, maybe a month ago, I, I had the opportunity to go back uh, to my college town in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, where there was a wedding. One of my, one of my classmates um, who was in my wedding uh, got married, and I, re I understood. I was like, man, there's going to be a lot of people I graduated with there, and I'm, I can't wait to talk to them. I cannot wait to go there and talk about all the different ministry they're doing. I can't wait to talk about my church because my church is the best and I want to talk about it. Um, but when I got there, I, I was met with something completely different than what I thought. I was met with this like unsteadiness of answers. You know, I was met with this completely unmotivated culture to the church and God. You know, when you talk about what they're doing in ministry or you're talking about what uh, they're doing in church or, or how their relationship with God, it was kind of like this, this uneasiness of answers. They couldn't confidently say that what they were doing in the church and what they were doing for ministry, and, and it's almost like they've forgotten who God was and what Jesus has done for them. 
I remember in Bible college, we would sit around for hours in the, in the late nights, and we'd talk about all these great things we were going to do, and, all the, and how much Jesus was just going to impact the church, and how much we cannot wait to stand up here and preach. We can't wait to do youth ministry. We can't wait to do worship ministry. We can't wait to do mission trips. We cannot wait is what we said. And what I realized that day is when you leave an area that you only talk about God and you don't continue to talk about God, you forget. You forget about just how good God is. And as we all know, whenever you get out of routine of something, you just stop doing it. For those who have come back to church after many years, uh, I've talked to some of you guys, and whenever I say, well, why didn't you go to church for this long? It's like, well, we just kind of got out of the habit. If we want to continue to be a healthy church, we need to always, always remember that Jesus is the most important thing in our life. And, and the one thing that happens every, to all of us is that life stinks sometimes. Sometimes things just don't go our way. Sometimes uh, <laughs> terrible, tragic things happen, and whenever bad things happen in our life, we tend to close off. We tend to forget about everyone around us. We, we tend to forget about all the most important things. We, pretend, we, we forget about work. We forget about church. We forget about our friends. We forget about our family. We forget about everything because something bad has happened to us. And we need to make sure that we help each other remember. Because if we remember, we will always stay motivated and we will always continue to love. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, uh, we see that the people forget all the time. I mean, we have the story of Exodus. I, I swear they forgot like 95 trillion times. I'm surprised God didn't kill them all just for their, gosh, man. It's like all of them were men and they just forget everything all the time. That's what my wife tells me all the time. I forget everything. But we have this picture of them finally, I, I swear it's their, their final straw. Samuel, uh, in this story, he, he realizes they just forget all the time. They always want to go back to the, to the bad times. I mean, in Exodus, we see where, where God was a pillar of fire by night and a big old cloud by day. He was literally in front of them the entire time. And when they got to the river, um, they wanted to go back. God just delivered them completely. And they had forgotten how amazing and the promise of God just within a few days. And then when they finally get over and they enter into the promised land, they continue to forget over and over time. When Moses leaves for like a day and a half, they created, an, they created a, a, um, a golden calf and they started worshiping it. They're forgetful people. And it's crazy that we're forgetful people as well. And we, we, we go like a week and a half sometimes and we, some of us don't pray for a whole week it seems like the only, sometimes the only time that we come in the presence of God is on a Sunday morning. But I think we figured something out in this. What they did is, is they would use rocks to remember. They would, they would come together as one body to remember God, but they, they made sure that they created something earthly so that every time that they saw it, they would remember how good God was and how God moved. We get it from 1 Samuel 7 through 12. It says this. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled in Mazpah, the ruler, the, ruler, the ruler of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard this, they were afraid because of the Philistines. Then 
said to Samuel, do not stop crying out loud to the Lord our God for us that he may rescue us from the hands of the Philistines. And Samuel took up, <clears throat> took a, sorry, suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf and the Lord answered him. When Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with, with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were rooted before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizna and <clears throat> pursued the Philistines, slaughtered them uh, among the way to the point below Beth Car. Then Samuel took the stones and set it set up. Sorry. Then Samuel took the stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He answered. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus the Lord has helped us. So what Samuel did, sorry, I butchered that through my cough. What Samuel did was he took stones, he took a stone, and he, and he, he placed it on the battleground because they always need to remember the fact that God intervened in their life and that God will always do that for the rest of their lives. God intervened time and time again. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. God, God interviewed time and time again. And for some reason, even though God was doing these great things for them, they would always forget. But Samuel did something different. He decided that he was going to take a rock. I'm going to take this one. He decided he was going to take a rock and place it on the ground and call it an Ebenezer and say, thus far the Lord has helped us. And Ebenezer, um, we see even today's time. If you go by streams uh, in Tennessee, uh, streams that go between mountains, it's absolutely beautiful because you see these little, these rock, formation, rock formations all through the stream. And there, it's, it's a wonderful sign because I know what that means. It's, it's, a, it's somebody that was in prayer and decided to build a, build a rock formation to show that this was a place where God moved. God has been faithful thus far. Some of you guys have been, have been members for a long time, and I hope you got a rock. I hope everyone got a rock when they came in. And if you didn't get a rock, that's okay. We have some over by the communion tables on the right side. If you're a member today, I encourage you, we're going to build this Ebenezer today. I'm gonna ask you guys to come forward and, and place your rock right here, and we're gonna build it together. To remember at Catalyst, at Catalyst, this is a place where God moves. And as a family, we are so motivated and we are so loving and we are gonna make sure we always remember that Jesus Christ is the center of our life and we are going to build something to show that today. And if you have been coming here for a while and you're not necessarily a member, you haven't dove deep into the Catalyst life I encourage you to decide today that you're gonna be a part of this church family. When you come forward and you place your rock on this table to show that yes, I, I am part of that one, that one body that is gonna worship God for all eternity. Jenny's gonna be right here, I'm gonna be right here. And I encourage you guys today 
as we sing the next two songs to come forward and let's build this Ebenezer together. Let me pray for the rest of this service. Dear Holy Father, I just wanna thank you so much uh, for your worship, for the ability to come together and to build something to declare that God, you move in every situation in our life. God, you move here, near and far into the ends of the earth and we are a part of it. God, I wanna thank you so much for this church family. I wanna thank you so much for the youth group, the children's ministry, that we together, we worship you every single Sunday. God, please bless this time and ask this song in your son's name. Amen.